Hi everybody and welcome to the new episode of the End of Cells podcast. Hope everyone's keeping well who's listening. I'm joined again by my co-host John. How are you John? I'm good mate, thanks sir. I'm fine, thanks for asking. And also two, two show regulars, William and Ross. How are you both? I'm doing well mate, good, thanks. Yeah, no problem at all. Good to have you back on. So we'll crack on to the topics we're going to talk to you about today. And the first one I want to bring up is the manager managerial bus, as I called it a few weeks ago on the podcast, which it is. My personal point of view at the moment with the manager situation, there are certain managers coming out saying they're interested just to get their names back in the frame for other jobs. Now, we've seen Eddie Howe in the last week and a half be nailed on for the job, but again, his agent come out <coughs> and said, our representative of, of him came out and said that that's not happening until at least the summer, and he's, he hasn't made a, his decision on, on what, what he's going to do in terms of uh, picking a job. So it could be the English Premier League, could be <coughs> Celtic, but I don't know about you guys, the, the likes of like Jesse Marsh, when he came out <coughs> and said he would be interested, and then the next day he came out again and said he didn't want the job, do you think there are certain managers using Celtic as a platform to get their name back in the frame for jobs? I'll go to you, William, first for that one. Um, it's a difficult question. I'm not sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, because people don't. There's, I mean, there's not a lot of managers that have come to Celtic that have went straight into other big jobs. I mean, uh, I think the best you're getting if you're leaving Celtic is like a Southampton job or whatnot. I don't see why you would use that to alleviate your position. Um, it's a tough one. When it comes to how, I don't think, I, my, I, I personally don't think that's what he's doing. Um, he always talks about how it's a project for him and it needs to be the right the right job. Um, so I think it's a no-brainer if you're talking about a Crystal Palace and, and a Celtic if he's, and he's been loyal to his previous club. I know he went to Burnley for a season or two, but he's, with Bournemouth he's been very loyal and it's a job that he was in for a long time in a project that he worked with, so from hearing these comments in certain interviews, I, I don't think he's using that, but I know what you mean with the, who was the Dortmund guy, the, uh, Favre and, and stuff like that, I don't know, there's, yeah. There is, yeah, there's a lot of guys just throwing their names in the hat, but I, I mean, it's... Again, I know we'll, we'll touch on it later with, with Kennedy's. It's just, I mean, uh, Kennedy's press conference, it's, the communication from the board is just non-existent. Like, it takes one statement from them to quash all these um, rumours and this um, merry-go-round, as you've, you've said before, Stephen, about being the managers. One one single statement is, is all it takes to stop all that, and, and it's just everything's up in the air at the moment with everybody. Uh uh, it's so frustrating, so frustrating. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I get what you mean, but the, the way I'm looking at it as well, William, I'm looking at all these managers coming forward, as you said, like Favre, uh, Jesse Marsh, the prime example, coming out one day, saying he's interested, the next day, saying he doesn't want the job. Is it a case of Celtic or just being used at the moment as a springboard for certain names in football to come out and be like, hi, I'm over here, I'm still available, but I don't necessarily want the Celtic job, and I just want my name titled around for other jobs. I'm not saying Eddie Howe's doing that, but I don't know about you, Ross. What's the feeling you get when you see different managers linked with Celtic day by day? Every week there's a new name coming out. And as William rightly said, it just takes one statement, surely, doesn't it, from the Celtic board to, to quash all these rumours? Um, aye, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the managers are, managers are using Celtic as such. Um, it's just that Celtic have got a vacancy at the minute, and it's just the way it... I mean... Guys like 
Henri, for example. I mean, they, they, guys like him are being asked by different media outlets if that job would interest him. And, I mean, he's obviously going to say, he's, he's trying to build his reputation as a manager in the game, so he's obviously <coughs> going to say, I mean, I, of course, it interests me. Uh, I mean, you're saying guys like Favre and stuff like that are, are coming out and saying they want the job as well. I mean, I, I don't know. Are they being asked the question? And then it's out of their hands to an extent as to how their answer is reported. I mean, Celtic's a high-profile job. Uh, so you can sort of understand people, like I've said, managers try to like get their name out there and build their name as a manager in the game. You can sort of understand why they're putting their name out there. But, yeah. I mean, as regards to Celtic, I don't... I mean, I don't really think Celtic need to come out and basically get embroiled and saying they aren't interested in each guy in question. In fact, I think their silence probably says more. Uh, but I don't know. It's a funny. It's just the way in football. It's like if there's a vacancy there, guys are going to put their name forward for it if they feel like it. it it's a position that could better their career. I know you're saying like some of them are just putting their name out there so that they're not actually interested in taking the Celtic job it's just so that other clubs will <coughs> think of them more but it's a funny one it's I don't know I just think that at the minute the, the guys can come out and say what they want I want the Celtic job or I'm interested in the Celtic job but basically Celtic just have to remain silent on that I think and just concentrate on the manager that they actually want rather than like going tit for tat or back and forth in the media with guys that are not even worthy of the job. It's just a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think it's interesting that you bring up that Celtic should remain silent in terms of not getting embroiled in the Twitter rumours and uh, newspaper outlets and Sky Sports, them, them type of companies. But for me, I, I'm in much of the same thing as William. I think a statement at least to say, yes, there's three or four guys we're talking to, a short list is drawn up, We'll be con- concluding interviews in a few weeks' time. Because at the moment, John, it seems like, th- I've said it before, and we've had arguments in the group chat, especially me and Ross, but we'll get on to that later. But <laughs> I, I think <laughs> the, the, the way the way I, I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm angry because it seems to me that Celtic are letting people use the club as a, as a high-profile vacancy. But the managers who are coming out and saying they want the job, don't actually want it. it. To me, they don't start getting their name back out there. As Royce pointed out, they're wanting maybe other clubs to set up and take notice of them more. What, what's your opinion on the whole saga at the moment, John? I, uh, Ross hit the nail on the head perfectly. See, when he, he mentioned that it's media outlets going to these guys and asking these questions and putting these people in a position where like, they're made aware of the Celtic jobs available. There's been directly asked a question and they've answered it. Like he says, it's a high-profile job and any manager... Uh, any self-respecting manager knows the size of the club and are likely going to give an answer. And all it, all it takes is for one guy to say, no, I mean, that, that job would be interesting. And then the media runs with it. And the, the, you then start, it starts a snowball effect and other media outlets pick it up. But <clears throat> I think that's all it is. It's just paper talk and it's just nonsense created by the mainstream media to just give them something else to report on because they've no got nothing. And they've been doing it for many many years that's our job is to create these headlines and so i don't think there's anything in it uh, the jesse mars thing when they put too much stock in that uh the, the lucian favre I, 
when you put too much thought on that either because you've not had any sort of well-respected uh, media outlet report on it. It's all just papers. It's all your rags like The Sun, The Record, The Mail. Just papers well-known for fabricating absolute shite. So I wouldn't <laughs> take too much stock in anything that the papers are really running with. Same with players that we're going to sign and everything else. Because they're just looking uh, at people linked with other people and then they're just talking about, oh, it's like we're interested in getting such and such. And I think Celtic at the minute uh, are doing that. They're, they're focused on the guy they want. They, we know there's been contact with how that's been reported. Uh, the likes of Sky Sports has reported that. There has been re- reports coming out that his agent says he's no interested in t- taking up anything until the summer. I don't think that's necessarily a case of him evaluating his options. Again, it's papers creating something out of nothing. It's more a case of he's in contact with Celtic. We know that that's happening. Uh, there's been reports that there's a, already an agreement in place that he, he doesn't interested, but there needs to be certain criteria needs to be met. So I think that that yeah. kind of stuff takes time behind the scenes. That's why it's taking as long as it is. Uh, and I think we as fans especially need to stop reading too much into all the nonsense about reading it in papers. Right. But this is where I'm coming from, right? So leave how to, to the side one second, right? We'll get on to him soon, right? The way I'm looking at it is, th- these names are coming out, and you're seeing quotes of what they said. The likes of Favre, Jesse Marsh said it's, they'd be honoured to be linked with the job and stuff, right? So I'm going to come back to you. Why does it seem the Celtics pool of managers they can pick from is so small? It seems to be... Only Eddie Hurd, the minute that's nailed on for the job, and again, luck is still fall through. I mean, I'm just looking at it from all aspects. So, where's the just success? Eddie Hurd, because the, the same I, thing happened with Keane. Remember, but the same thing happened with Keane prior to the reports coming through that contact with Eddie Hurd being made. And as I say, and as Ross and, and Williams touched on, these newspapers go to these guys because they hold conferences, press conferences, and everything else, and they, they they ask some questions. They get in touch with representatives, and they say. Do you think such? Do you know that the Celtic job's available? Would they be interested in taking up a role managing Celtic? And then they get a response, and then they're like, "Fantastic! Now we've got an article to write." Then they they print all this nonsense, and then other places pick it up, and it just snowballs. I don't think there's anything in it at all whatsoever. So, I, I, I think I, for me, if you're if you're talking about the pool being so small, um, I think the reason is because none of them are good enough. They're not the people we want. Favres and and Henri's and all the rest of it, the reason they're not is because like, the people that the media are asking are, Henri's got no experience. We don't want we don't want these guys. I think the reason the pool is so small is because there's, there's only one option in everybody's eyes um, when it comes to the, the bookies' favourites anyway. Um, one available option anyway. Yeah, exactly. One available right. option at the moment. So I don't think it's a matter of that the, the pool's so small. I think it's a... These media guys should be going and asking Pep Guardiola and all that and see what they want to say and then hopefully we can maybe entice one of these guys in but when it's the rest <laughs> of the guys it's like like I don't want any of these people at the club see when you look through that bookies list there's not one manager on there that I would be excited about other than Eddie Howe and I think that's the reason why um, we're thinking that the pool is so small and it's, it's just that the, these guys aren't the, the required quality that we want Definitely. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair, William. I get what you're saying, but I don't I don't think it's fair to say that the managers of Alexa Favre aren't interested in the Celtic because Favre's record is actually pretty good. I've looked into him. He's actually had I a better win that. ratio than Thomas. 
Uh, he, he's, he's had a better win ratio than Thomas Tuchel did at Bruce Dortmund. He's won league titles in Switzerland as well. So there's a bit of scope with these guys. And I 100% get what you mean. Go down the bookies list. The further you go down, you're stuck with the legs of John Kennedy. Jack Ross gets a mention way down there somewhere. And it's not exciting. But, William, what, what I'm trying to say is you, these guys are coming out, putting their name out there. And I'm, I'm not acute. Well, yeah, I'm basically, I, I think personally, that they are using Celtic as some sort of sounding board. And makes me ask the question, that why are Celtic letting this media circus continue around Celtic Football Club? Is it not easy to be like, look, these guys are not who we want. Blah, blah, blah. There's a short list of four people. That's it. Done. Move on. We'll but, be concluding business in a couple of weeks. Look forward to something. Do you know what? That's what I'm trying to get across. But why do they need to get, like, as I said, why do they need to get embroiled in guys that they're not interested in and waste their time on that part when they should be concentrating all their efforts getting the guy that they want. I just think that's wasted energy on guys that have just made like throwaway comments. I, I just don't don't see the point no. in Celtic getting involved in that. You, I know what you're saying. You like, say, it, you say, like they shouldn't be using sorry, go ahead. You you say wasted energy, but the what I'm looking at, what energy has the Celtic board actually give the Celtic supporters this season? So there there must be tons of energy they can give the Celtic support in terms of statements, what's going to happen in the future. And I'm not saying make contact with these guys. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying at least come out and say there's a shortlist and we're working through the shortlist. Is, what, John, do you not think that's the most sensible option? No, I, I, I agree with that. And I, we, we've said it on this podcast previously as well. It, we, we all want the board to come out. Wouldn't it be hard to just come out and say, look, this is where we are? Um, and exactly. this is the stage that yes. we're at. But, but I, I but do agree with what Ross is saying as well. Like all but, these sorry, newspapers throwing names about. Sorry, Roscoe. No, no. I was just going to say, like, but in th- at this moment in time, Celtic have approached Eddie Howe, and it's been put out there. So they have, to an extent, given the shortlist, if you like, and that shortlist is Eddie Howe. As far yeah, but as Celtic know, haven't, so. Ross. Celtic have not made a statement on that. All we are going is for hearsay on Sky Sports and Twitter and stuff. Celtic exactly. haven't came out and said that we've made a, that we've made contact. Nothing, nothing. Well, nobody in Celtic. I know. Well, I suppose there is that, but I mean, as it it's been, it's well documented now, and I think there's no smoke without fire. And I think that well, Celtic are. I think they're going about it as much as we don't like it as fans. I think to an extent they're going about it the right way, and it's a similar. All right, it's dragging out a bit more, but it's similar in the way they went about it with Rogers. That, that, that was under under the hat right up until it was pretty much announced, and that's the best way to do it. Celtic are being very professional about it. It might not sit well with the fans, and I know I've said it myself. Like, just say something, but I mean, at the same time, it's like we'll probably touch on it later, but Celtic are. The, the board are under an immense amount of pressure to get this appointment right and they mm-hmm. have to do it the way they see fit because this appointment is massive and they need to get it right and if if this is the way they're going to do it if in the end they get it right then okay do you know what I mean but I, I understand what you're saying and I'm not arguing against it as such I'm just trying to back Celtic up to an extent I'm not like I'm not saying come out and say we've spoke to Eddie Howe he's our number one target. I just want to know because they've, they've literally said nothing, not one word, not one statement. 
I just want to know, see if there's a three-man shortlist, if it's between two men, whatever, just say, listen, we've, we've had conversations with, with two uh, candidates, um, and going forward, we'll, we'll, you know, some sort of statement, but there's been absolutely yeah. hee-haw from the board, nothing at all, not not one Aye. word, not even a tweet, <clears throat> nothing, nothing at all. We just want to know, because well, we, right now we don't know. They might not even have made contact with how. There's well, been have the bounty of how, but how? Like, I don't, I don't, all we've had is rumours. There's, there's not actually any concrete evidence from anybody. Even House representative said, "What was it?" His representative said that he's not looking to take a job until the summer. He never said yeah. we've spoke to Celtic and they're an option. So we, we genuinely we don't know anything at all. I know there's rumours flying left, right, and centre. And, and for me, if it's on Sky Sports, then it's likely to be true. But there's, there's genuinely not one ounce of factual evidence that this is going on. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100% that. I agree with that. I'm 100% with you there, William. I mean, I don't buy the whole narrative that the board are feeling an immense amount of pressure. They are the ones culpable of this season's catastrophe. They appointed Neil Lennon in the showers after a cup win, which never should never have happened. They, they've, sat on, they've sat on their ivory towers and not given the Celtic fans nothing. The Celtic fans still continue to back them. Paying season ticket money, paying it, giving the club money to, to prove the club, which we've all thought happened in the summer transfer window. But again, in hindsight, it was a catastrophe as well. But William, I'm actually glad to say that in terms of <clears throat> there's been no statement. So if we're, we're led to believe that Kane was contacted, and that was partly in advance talks, and then we're led to believe that Eddie Howe is contacted. Now, just looking at Eddie Howe, we'll move on to him, okay? Now, Neil Lennon's been of a job over 40 days, nice since February, sometime in February. And you, you look at the situation, do you think it's wrong to come out and say, we've appointed Eddie Howe on a three-year contract, but he's not taken over until 30th of June? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, what, what's your opinion? No, I don't at all. Uh, some Any clarity um, in what's happening going forward, um, that would I, I would be over the moon. I, I'm, I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth looking at Twitter and checking Sky Sports News every day to see what news is happening. I just, uh, I just want clarity and want to know what's going on. And I understand. I know what Ross is saying. These things, like things, need to be kept in house. And um, like, I mean, right now, if how was there, the talks might not have been as positive as we think, and it's, it's just not an option. So that's what we're looking elsewhere. So we, we don't know. But if that was the case, then yeah, just like let the team know, let the staff know. I, I know we're going to go into. John Kennedy's press conference soon. I feel so sorry for that guy. He's I'm, and I'm, I don't know if I'm being naive. But I believe every word he's saying in these press conferences. He he does not have a Scooby Doo what's going on either. Um, it just the communication is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so I to answer your question, if that was the case, I would be absolutely over the moon if they announced that. And I know these things like. It's a new culture in a different city and he's got a family and stuff like that. So I know these things take time. It's not a matter of just jumping in and we forget these things sometimes. It's like um, he's the man and, and he wants the job. Well, there's factors that take place. And if that's the case and these things take time, then, I mean, this season we've got the Scottish Cup to play for. Uh, I'd love if Howe was the man to come in and, and hit the ground running and take a look at the team. But you can do that behind the scenes and... I think under Kennedy, we're, we're more than capable of going on and winning that, so I would not have a problem in the slightest if they announced that he was going to take over at the end of the season. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, 
the, the way I look at it, John, as well, William, we made some fantastic points. I, f- I think <laughs> my, my view on John Kenny's going to come later in the show, but we'll, we'll get to it. But and in terms of the, the Eddie Howe situation, surely it should be a case of, look, here's your, here's your contract, bring in a couple of backroom staff members and the director of football. I, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in this. I, I don't know if it, that should be Eddie Howe's decision. I've actually seen pretty good arguments saying, if he picks the director of football, then the, he's compromised already because if anyhow leaves, that guy's going to come with him and Celtic are bang right at the start would, would have tried to rebuild the process in terms of the structure. Do you think this is a case as well, John, of Desmond holding strong to who he believes should be the guy coming in as director of football? We all, many believe it's going to be Fergal Harkin. No. I mean, I, I, I believe that the, the uh, uh, Fergal Harkin was probably top of the list in terms of director of football as they wanted in originally. But then if you're speaking to how uh, and he's wanting assurances that he's getting to pick his own backroom staff, then these things can take time, which is exactly, would make perfect sense as to why nothing's been said yet, why there hasn't been anything more concrete and why it's taking longer, because they need to evaluate that. Uh, in terms of, absolutely, I think the manager should have full control over who he's working with, absolutely. You want the, the harmony within management and the rest of the backroom to be as perfect as it can be and the manager should be working then with people that he trusts that he's worked with before if that's what he wants to do then we should be doing everything we can um all this talking nonsense about but if if he leaves he's going to take his director of football in that way so that's that's the game we're in that's if a manager leaves they always take their staff with them it's not going to be any different and what you're you're doing is you're compromising then your appointment if you if you're saying no you can come in as manager and then we'll appoint all your backroom staff who are going to remain loyal to us because that's not the way it works. And that's that's instantly you're undermining your manager right off the bat. And nobody, any manager worth their salt is going to come to a club who are kind of making the over-handed decisions and are, are, are basically... And we, we can see previously, Rogers came in. Um, we had him bringing his own backroom staff and then the board were still doing stuff behind his back, signing players behind his back. It wasn't going through Rogers. It wasn't going, we don't know if it was going through Hammond or that at the time, but Rogers wasn't aware of it. And that, that's the kind of stuff. And that's, I believe that played a large part in why Rogers left. And any manager in the game in this day and age isn't going to come and work with a team who don't trust him and what he wants. So no, I, I think that's absolute nonsense. And we, if if we have spoke to Eddie and Eddie says, I want these guys to come with me, then we need to look at, well, these guys, A, are still under contract, so that needs to be sorted out. And the club need to look at it and go, right, well, is this what we want? Do we want him? And if we want him, are we willing to bring these guys in? And these things can take time and we need to just be patient. No, I, I get what you mean, and I don't really think it's nonsense to be honest with you, John. Because if you look at trying to build this structure for the long term, you do need a plan in place. It's going to be a succession plan to carry over five, six years into the future. And if anyhow, as he is a loyal manager, yes, we all know that. But if he comes up with Richard Hughes, just for example, a top six English Premier League club is interested and sniffs about him, then that that structure is gone, and you're starting from the the, the start again. Well, but, that's just that's well, just the nature I'll, of the game, though. See, sorry, just to just to play devil's advocate, we got to be here, like John. I I agree with you to to a point, 
Um, the manager does need to have a say there, obviously working day in, day out. But from the board's perspective, and I'm like I'm not defending the board in the slightest, but remember this guy's the go-between between the board and the manager. So they're not just working day-to-day with the manager, they're working day-to-day with the board. So if the board sit down with these guys and they're interviewing two different directors of football and one of them is the one that, for the argument's sake, that Eddie Howe wants and then they've got the one on the other hand and this guy blows him out of the water, I can see why the board would then go, well, wait a minute here, this guy's the guy for the job and that takes on Stephen's point where it's about the structure of the club and you, you look at it, if, if the manager does go, then we've lost out on this guy, which it, it could have made a difference. So I can understand that, but I also agree with what you say, where it's the manager needs to... So for me, that's where this could all be... Take, this is why it's all taken so long for, for things to go through. There's hundreds and thousands of different variables that, that could be happening right now. Um, but like I need, like I think we need to remember that this guy's not just like day to day with the manager. He's the go-between between the board and the manager, so that it needs to be the right person for the board also. Yeah, I think a hundred percent, William. The point you made there was brilliant. Uh, the way I'm coming across it as well is you're appointing this director of football, and Fergal Hargan has been at the top of the list for however many months now it's been for this structure. And then Eddie Howe wants Richard Hughes. And by all counts, Richard Hughes has done a fantastic job with Bournemouth and what he's been doing there. But as William rightly pointed out, he's the go-between between the board and the manager. So the way I look at it, you're not saying need someone a bit impartial and in, in, with Eddie Howe and the board to go between. But an, another side of the coin as well, Ross, now I've made this clear as well on the Twitter page. And I got a quite, quite, a bit of, quite a bit of traffic as well, people commenting and stuff. But is Eddie Howe hesitating because He's holding out for a job in the Premier League. Um, uh, possibly. I mean, the guys have touched on loads of mitigating factors as to why things could be stolen. I mean, is he stolen because the terms aren't right for him? It could be his demands in terms of the staff, uh, like we've touched on there, aren't they being met? Um, to, to touch on what they spoke about there. Personally, I think that if if the board are wanting a different director of football for the manager, but Eddie Howe is the guy they want, then I think the manager, in my opinion, is king, and they should give him what he wants. Absolutely. Within reason. Within reason. But, I mean, don't give him copious amounts of money that Celtic can't afford or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? But, like, I think he is king. He should oversee all football aspects. Nobody in the board should interfere. I just think that's like the main thing. Nobody, like guys like Lowell, should be interfering in footballing aspects. And if he wants Richard Hughes, if I'm getting his name right there, then that's who he should get. Because frankly, at the moment, Celtics, like we've touched on, poorly managers, is no great. And Eddie Howe is the best of the lot. And if he wants Richard Hughes, give him Richard Hughes. Give him full control of the football. Just give him what he wants within reason as regards all footballing aspects. And just try and get this deal done because he is the man to take Celtic forward and take us to back to where we need to be. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I 100% get what you're saying in terms of give him what he wants. But, William... 
I'll come to you for this. I, I tend to agree with what you said in terms of he's a go-between. So I'm looking at it from a board's perspective. And again, I'm not defending the board in any shape, way or form. I'm just trying to come across both both angles here. So if they were, they were set in Fergal Harkin and he went right went through the interview processes and the likes of Richard Hood probably going to do the same. If Fergal Harkin comes up better, do, do not just give it to Fergal Harkin instead of who the manager wants, William? Well, like what Ross touched on there, I think it's all dependent on what the manager's response to that is. I personally don't see... I understand if you want a certain guy that you've worked with for however long it is and you've already got a a great working relationship, but I don't see how you can't get a new man in and build a working relationship with said man. Um, I don't think it's imperative that... Yes, it would be ideal if, if Richard Hughes was a man and he impressed the board and, and the other man that he wants. But for me, it's not imperative. And I, I, like, I totally agree with everything Ross is saying about how if the manager comes in, he needs to be in full control of everything. I don't think Neil Lennon was that in his second <coughs> term, unfortunately, which I think was a massive part of his downfall. The, um, the football inside of things, the manager should take full control. That's why, personally, I think... Um, how is the man? Because I think he is the type of man that um, takes all that on from from the coaching to chatting to the dinner ladies and um, everything. So for me, yes, it would be ideal, but not imperative. I mean, you could, like when you first met Richard Hughes and worked with him at Bournemouth, they weren't best pals when they first met, were they? And they built that relationship. So I can see. Um, if, if it is Fergal Harkin that's a man, um, then let it be. But if, if Howe is making these demands, then then you would have to look at it. It's a tough one because as much as we want them, we, we, like, it's the board say so at the end of the day. Um, and I think you come in and, within, like Ross is saying, within reason, you've got demands, but sometimes you need to go, well, wait a minute here, this is your club. You're coming in. We're giving you this opportunity. Like there needs to be some leeway between the two. Playing devil's advocate here, um, there needs to be some sort of um, leeway, and it's within reason. But yeah, I don't think it's imperative that it needs to be Richard Hughes if it, if that's the case, and they need to have that working relationship already. Like you can build that working relationship with somebody new. I, th- I think another important aspect as well. If he gets full choice of his backroom team. Surely that can soften the blow in terms of Celtic picking the director of football. Um, if he bring, yeah, so if he gets full of Tomley picking the background team and he doesn't have to keep the likes of Bracken and Kennedy around, I think that's perfect. And as you said, Richard Hughes and him, by all accounts at Bournemouth, they, they probably just met each other and he was in that job and they had to get that relationship going. And yes, it's worked, but again, it can work with somebody else. And I, I'm going to toss the coin. I tried to do it with Ross, but he, he kind of deflected onto the director of football situation, John. Uh, do you think maybe another part of it is that Eddie Howe is hesitating because his number one priority is to stay in England and the English Premier League? No. Why? <laughs> What's, what I'm, makes I'm, you so I'm, confident? I'm pretty much I've outlined. That, because I've said it's all paper talk, man. See, at the end of the day, everything so that we're Celtic reading job? and everything that we're running with... Well, no, we know that we know the Celtic manager's job is. I think it's it's, it's essentially vacant, right? Celtic need to appoint a yeah, manager, is, yeah. or we run with Kennedy, right? Which I think the Celtic board are aware the fans don't want, so they have an obligation then 
to their fans uh, as a club to make sure that they're appointing the right guy, right? But when it comes to this stuff about his head, like all the paper talk and all your, everything you're seeing on Twitter, everything, everything you're seeing in, in the papers that are saying, oh, he's, he's holding uh, out for a, a, a job in England. It's like, can I jump, jump in here that, a second before you move on? Again, as Williams pointed out, there's been no confirmation that from Celtic, their end, that we've contacted anyhow. So how do we not know this is just drove by rumours? I don't understand well, what makes you so confident. Right, well, that this is why I'm telling you I'm, I'm confident in it, right? Because stuff, other other managers' names you're seeing flung about uh, all mm. originated for newspapers, right? So they're, they're claiming so-and-so has said this, the manager said this, like Ross alluded to right at the start of the show. They contact people and they ask these questions to create a bit of to give them something to write about, right? And then they run with it. That's what they do. That's their job. Literally, as journalists, that's what they have to do, right? But when it comes to, like, Roy Keane and Eddie Howe, people close to the club, people prefer, not necessarily just journalists, actual professionals, like, that are close to these guys of commuting says, there's been contact, right? That instantly gives it mere weight. The fact that Sky yeah. Sports News, they, they, they don't have a, they're not in the habit of just running with every shite story that a paper comes out with, right? And I'm pretty sure 99% of the time anything Sky Sports reports on tends to be factual. They're not just going to run with something unless they've got grounds or basis. They've already come out and says there's been contact, right? Like Ross said earlier as well, there's no smoke without fire. We wouldn't be talking this much about how his contact, his appointment, his demands... If there wasn't, like says, there has to be something in it, right? As fans, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we can all agree collectively that, or at least the majority is anyway, that Eddie Howe's the number one choice and the board will be well aware of this. And I firmly believe that because of all the factors, that Howe and Howe's representatives have been contacted regarding the job. It's been reported by recognised and respected media, sports media outlets, football media outlets, right? Know the fucking sun, know the daily record, know the daily mail, know Twitter that he has that he is interested in the job and why wouldn't he be? And then you've got all these underlying factors like we've already touched on about him wanting to bring his own team in, which he's fully like, he's entitled to do right? Um, it's a big move because he's moving for down south up to Glasgow. He was there. There was the the these other things coming out that he needs to do, do his own uh, due diligence on the Celtic job in itself because it's not just a case of walking into the job. There's a lot of other factors that need to be taken into consideration that can delay that process, right? And I don't think see because he all these variables and all these underlying factors because he's no came out because the club haven't come out and announced it straight away because he's no came out and announced it straight away and I he's got every right to say I don't want to get rushed into anything we need to do this we need to make sure that everything's in place that I get what I want if I'm going to take care of the club because he sees it as a project he wants his in teaming that to be in alright then it's going to take time but then what do you report on in the meantime let the papers continue doing what they're doing contacting other managers and saying would you be interested in managing Celtic oh let's write this would you like speaking to 
I mean, they're, they're running reports like for Jermaine Defoe saying, like, how never played me. He's not a good, ma- he's not a good manager because he didn't think so. They're, this is the kind of people that the media are asking just to create headlines and write stories. And one of the other things they're going to say is they're going to create stories and they're going to write headlines saying, well, maybe he's not making a decision because he wants to go, he wants to stay in England. That might well be the case, but I wouldn't take too much stock in it because we're reading far too much into the shite that's being printed in newspapers and we need to stop it. Can I just, uh, sorry, I can I just jump in and, and it's kind of in Stephen's defence, right? And this is not my opinion um, at all. Kind of just playing devil's advocate again here, right? But see when it comes to the Roy Keane situation, it's very, very similar. There's been nothing from either side um, announcing it. But we've heard that there's contact. He's never been asked. I don't know. I don't think I've not seen any media saying that he's been approached and he's and he said, "Oh well, that would interest me." There's a lot of similarities between him and Howe at the moment. Again, we've heard nothing from Howe's representatives to say that they've definitely been talks and they're definitely interested. We've heard nothing from Celtic. Is that a matter? And I'm not saying that ah, this is what I believe is is what's going on, but is it a matter of the fact that we? as fans are wanting how that much, we're willing to believe that and not the the other case with, with Keane. We we want we want how that much that we're we're definitely believing all these other media stuff that's saying he has had talks. It is positive. There's I mean I I, I thought Keane was having talks and I thought they were positive as well. But we, because we don't want to believe that we kind of just put that in the back burner. I think there's more yeah. weight to the how one though. Why? Why? Well, Why, Ross? Basically, because what, what makes he, because you think? Because of what John's touched on, basically, there's been a lot more in depth talking about talks and stuff like that, and uh, like I, I'm actually stuck for why, but I just I just feel be, like there's a bit more weight to it. Could that not be because the media think that how coming into Celtic's more plausible than Keane? And we just all want it to happen, so that's what that's what everybody's running away, and that's what we believe. How do we not know that King's the man right now that they've been having positive talks with, and and he's the man that we're going to bring in? There's nothing. See, There's really, no statements. We, we, There's we, nothing. we don't we don't know anything. We don't know anything. Exactly. We're just talking here. We conjecture really, but. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the point. This is this is the point no, I'm that's... trying to make. As as much as I want to believe that how's the man, and I want like. I've been saying since October that, that how is the man that I want in. But I feel like sometimes us as fans, and we're, we read into tweets, and I think Stephen gets stick a lot for putting stuff in, and I give him, I've given him stick as well for, for putting um, negative things against whatever, whatever house. But when you sit back and look at it all, there's there's nothing there to say that the house definitely the man that's going to come in. There's no there's no factual evidence that um, there's not I, even I'm any not factual evidence is. that we've spoke to him. Never mind anything else. We, like Roy Keane, no, should, Roy Keane could hear the job the now, and not any of us are none the wiser. Yeah. No, you're absolutely I mean, right. I th- and that, yeah, sorry, I... Stephen, can just uh, just touch on what William said there. I, I, I completely yeah. agree with what you're saying. We don't know, and because of the silence coming for for Celtic at the minute, we're never going to likely you know, and we won't know until it's official and it, it actually they they decide when the right time to come out and tell everybody this is what's happening is, but. What we also need to look at, and this is just going back to say again, what I touched on, there was, I fully agree, and I fully under, like, I, I believe that there was contact with Keane. We don't know what stage those 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 talks got to, but it was widely reported, and 
respected respected news outlets and sports reported on it, right? It wasn't just the fucking. It wasn't the record. Like, I'm I'm not even going to mention their names. These newspapers, man, because so You're much shit. <laughs> no, that but we know it's all lies. They're notorious for it. They're just and journalists. That right? That I'm not going. I've already touched on all this. Um, but, yeah, but all these all these papers that, have said are the same papers that have said how's got the job. He's been offered it. It's been verbally agreed. Yeah, but they're reporting on stuff that's coming out for elsewhere. Like I said, when when was the last time you seen Sky Sports News report on something that had absolutely no weight? But again, John. Sky Sports reported that Nicky Butt was coming to Roy King. That didn't happen. It's, it's no, they didn't. It's another... No, Sky Sports yes. didn't they report that. Yes, they did. Yes, they no, did. They, they ran didn't. that story. There, there was they, yes, no, they, they, they mentioned the... Roy Keane. They mentioned Roy Keane. The, 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 well, the whole Nicky Butt thing, when him, when him leaving, was that was media spin that was created. Oh, he's left because he's going to go with Keane. And people ran with it. Well, I don't right. ever recall Look. Sky Sports mentioning that Nicky Butt and Roy Keane were going to Celtic. They mentioned the contact with Keane. And a potential king right. going to Celtic, and then they reported on contact with how. Yeah, no, I get that hundred percent. I'm conscious here that we spent a, a lot of time talking about how and stuff. So before, but we move on. I think we'll cover a lot of points. I wanted to just come to each of you individually for a quick answer. John, do you think Eddie Howe is going to be next Celtic manager? Yes. William. Yes. Ross. Yes. And publicly in this Even. podcast, I'm going to. I'm going to say no. And he's going to hold me to that. I don't think because, he's going to be an exciting manager. Because you, you believe what you read on Twitter. No, it's not that. It's, <laughs> I'm not getting into this whole Twitter. It's, it's, it's everything, as William said before, there's substance behind people, people having an argument why he's not coming in. I mean, it's dragged on now for nearly two weeks. These, these negotiations, if it's only Richard Hughes proving the stumbling block, sort it out. It can't be that hard. I don't think... I personally don't think, and anyone listening can hold me to this, and I'll, I'll eat humble pie if he is manager. At this precise moment, I don't believe Eddie Howe will be Celtic Football Club's new manager. But to reiterate, I want him as Celtic Football Club's new manager. He's my personal choice. I've always said that. I've been clear. But the way things are going, I think not. Okay? So moving on to the next subject, which is John Kennedy. And this press conference, which threw up a lot of interest the points. Me and Ross had a wee debate about this in the, in the group chat. But before we get to the, the part where I thought was a bit negative, I do want to give him praise for calling out the, the SFA for the complete best, best judgments against players in COVID yeah. breaches. And we've seen that the Rangers players like Nathan Patterson are available to play against Celtic from the appeal process that they've entered into, even though they broke COVID breaches. I'll go to you, William, first for this one. What, what did you think of John Candy calling them out? But I thought it was brilliant. Outstanding. I've always, I've always had time for Kennedy. You know he's Celtic through and through. Um, I know we'll talk a bit more about his um, press conference, but for me, he always he always talks, he always speaks well. Um, he's getting thrown the same questions at him over and over and over again, and he he, he keeps he keeps coming back at them. And um, with regards to that, he's like he's got every right. Um, Ross always talks in, on previous podcasts about. Um, there's one thing you can't um, say about Neil Lennon, and it's not that he he, he never defended the club because. Every press conference he was in, he was getting in an argument with, with some journalist defending the club, um, and that's what we want to see as fans. And and John Kennedy did that. I thought it was super brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's 
about time. I know Lee Lennon kind of did it towards the end of his tenure, but sadly calling out the hip, hip I'm not even going to translate the word, but the, the bias between the SFA and, and the punishment. I mean, Aberdeen got punished. Celtic got games postponed for COVID breaches, the Ball and Gully incident as well, which is well well publicised. But Ross, th- did you find John Candy calling out the SFA for actually what it is, that these players across the city are available to play through an appeal process? And I've seen Stephen Jarrett come out today basically being really sarcastic towards John Candy, saying, I would be annoyed too if, if good players were available to play against our team. That that's that's a shambles of a statement. But He's a uh, what was your embarrassing? <laughs> well, it's not just that. Did you see the shite he came out with as well when he turned around and says there's actually bias in our favour? Aye. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh my. That, honestly, man, he he needs his heat checked. He zips up the back. Uh, he's 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 got into that way. Uh, like he he's won the league now so he, he's like that advocate way where he thinks he owns Scottish football and it's, yeah. it's just an embarrassment to a guy uh, but okay. I, to, 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 to touch on John Kennedy I, he, he perfect what he done he's he's defended the club and called out everything for what it was and it needed to be said again he's Lennon's done it in the past and now he's having a go at it and he's he's doing it well so I, yeah. it was it was perfect what he done. I th- I thought personally myself, like when when you read the comments, what he said, it, it comes across as if he's very as William said, he's well spoken and he he can articulate the message quite well. I think it's been going on for so long. As I said, but in the previous show, I wasn't really aware of it. I was aware of it to an extent where there is bass. I've seen it before in previous years in, in the Scottish football, but this season alone, especially with the coronavirus pandemic. There's been a lot of things that have been swept under the carpet. We've seen rumours of Rangers players going to parties, which has never been publicised, and they're getting their own COVID tests by people over here. Do you know what I mean? So you don't know what's going on. But John, just quickly again, was it something that you were happy with seeing? I, I thought he, he, he was on the money. He was spot on. And it's something the Celtic board should have done as and when it happened. Uh, when the Rangers players broke these, the, the district, it should have been they should have never let up until it was dealt with at that time. Uh, mm. But I um, I think we, as fans, completely stand behind what Kennedy says. And I, I would be surprised if anybody didn't, because he's spot on. Yeah, I mean, well done by him. But I, I want to move on to the part of the, the press conference where I didn't so much agree with. And me and Boss got into a bit of a, a debate last night on our uh, group chat. But... I haven't got the full quote, but basically the, the along the lines of there's no point rushing the new manager for the sake of a season book. I thought for me that was pretty much a slap in the face for supporters who have stuck with Celtic through thick and thin. They sold out their season ticket allocation knowing they weren't going to get into the, the stadium to see the Celtic play. Now, before I go to you, Ross, I want to go to William first. Because you kind of ended the argument last night by saying leave it for the podcast. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go to you first. What, what what was your opinion of that? As I said for me, I, I didn't like it one bit. No, I, under, I understand what you're saying, right? If you take that one quote. But if you listen to what he says afterwards, he he talks about how he understands everybody's frustrations and like, he's as frustrated. And But we need to be... And he, For me, he was bang on with what he's saying. I know what you're saying about that, but he, he makes a fair point. We can't just be jumping. And, and I know what you're saying, Stephen, where is like this, I think everybody agrees the manager should have been in place by now. Everybody could see by November that Lennon's time was quickly running out 
Um, but as usual, the board doesn't act quick enough. Um, we should have somebody in place just now. But we don't know what's going on. By I might be being pretty naive, but I believe every word that Kennedy says in that press conference, I don't think he's got a clue what's going on. Um, and he's right. We need to. We can't just be picking a name off that list um, and and hoping that he's the man. This is massive. This is a massive transitional season. I'd go as far as saying that this appointment's the most important appointment we've made since since we stopped the ten in the nineties. It's massive this appointment. So we can't be going jumping in and then in eight months' time being in the same situation that we've just been in with Neil Lennon and saying, what is going on? Why can't we get... So I understand from that point um, what he was saying about we can't just make a, a, a quick fix and just so that you guys... We, can, we can't just name a big name so that you guys buy your season books. I understand that. But afterwards, he did say, I understand your frustrations. These these things, we need to be patient with this. Um, these things, we need to make this decision right. So... I totally agreed with everything he said. Sorry, I mean, Stephen. William, I get, I get, I get what you, I get what you mean, right? But what really pisses me off, and I'll be quite honest, right? They say that patience, they understand the fans' frustration, they understand why the fans are angry. But Neil Lennon's been out of a job for over forty days. The season collapsed November time. We're out of Europe by the start of September. Everything was going tits up. Why the hell are Celtic still scraping around? Trying to find a manager. Now, Ross, I agree, Stephen. I'll go to you. But, but sorry, yeah. mate. So sorry, but see if you if you put yourself in John Kennedy's shoes, what is he meant to say? He's got to say these yeah, things. No, he can't. He can't just say, you know no. what? I'm sick of this as well. What the board should be doing this. He actually said at one point, uh, "This is a question you need to ask the football club." Uh, I don't know if it was yeah. regards to that, but there was another situation. He's he's obviously under. He's going to ask these questions every week as well. What is it, like, you know what I mean? What's he meant to say? He's, I, and he's and he's I, right I, when when he says. I get that, right? I, I, do get, I do get what you're saying, but if you flip it, it's a bit of a shambles that Celtic's put John Kelly in this position. To 100%. Be the, 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 do you know what I mean? That's, that's where my frustration comes from. The, and the words that John Kelly said for me, I know it's in the quote, but what I took out of it was for the sake of his season pick. Now, Ross, I don't expect any Celtic fan to throw away, well, pay £600 for a season book if they're good in without being blamed to a certain extent, not knowing what's going on. I don't think that's acceptable. I personally don't think it's acceptable. There's been nothing to say that there's a new manager coming, even if it's not named. He's not named, that's fair enough. But just that clarification that it's not going to be John Kennedy we're going to be stuck with, that's no no disrespect to him, but he shouldn't be a Celtic manager. Why did you disagree with me so much? Um, well, I'm not saying it's acceptable for Celtic fans to buy a season ticket no knowing who the manager is. But first of all, can I say, like, in recent podcasts, I've been, I've made probably quite a lot of flippant and probably disrespectful comments towards Kennedy getting the job. And to be fair to the guy, I don't even think he's threw his name into the heart. I mean, I'm not championing him for the job by any manner he means, but, it, it, I mean, he's not the answer for Celtic right now. But the way he's handled himself in the media since being thrown into that position, like, he, he never asked to be in has been nothing short of impeccable. He, he brings a calmness to all these conferences and interviews and he looks pretty much, he looks so comfortable in his own skin and yesterday was no different. I get what you're saying about Celtic fans buying a season ticket blind, if you like, but I mean, every single comment that Kennedy makes now has been nitpicked and 
scrutinised by the fans. We know that pretty much nobody wants him to get the job, but I mean, what's folk expecting him to say there? They want me to say, aye, it's ridiculous, the board need to get the finger out and do you know what I mean? That that's gonna totally undermine what the board are trying to do at the moment. Uh, uh, to be honest, I liked what he, he said. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've touched it already. The the, the, the managerial appointment is dragging on. And I've said already that like if Celtic made a hasty appointment right now and it went wrong <laughs> like the last one with Lennon, the Harris Fencing Brigade would be out in force again, like so quick. I mean, Ross, for me, for, for me, sorry to jump in, but there, there's no hastiness about disappointment. There's nothing quick about it. In fact, it's the slowest appointment of all. I know the Rogers thing was kept on the wraps, but it's been painfully slow, day in, day out. And you see, and, and another thing as well, Celtic fans are starting to argue with each other, which is causing disconnect between the supporters too. The Celtic board need to realise this is this is massive, but. The fan base is watching, and I know fine hey, rightly. I, I, have a pre- I have a pretty fair idea that all three of you are disagreeing on, on this. I'm used to that now. It doesn't bother me. But Ross, <laughs> what do you not understand what I'm trying to say? I, I can't understand I, how I, absolutely. How do. The, yeah, would you pay no, six hundred pound not knowing what's going to happen next season? Well, I don't think John Kennedy's asking anybody to do that. I think what he's basically said as, and it, it might not be the opinion of the board, this might just be John Kennedy's opinion. I mean, season ticket sales are clearly massive for Celtic and the club, like the, the club, it's a big thing, but I think John Kennedy, he's basically said that getting the right manager at this point, because it's such a massive appointment, like Wally touched on, it's the biggest appointment since as long as we can remember, like getting the right manager to navigate us through the next three, four, five years is even bigger than season ticket sales. And whether the Celtic fans will buy season tickets blind, by the way, because the love for the club is more than anything. And they'll want to be there, whether like in the hope that the board get it right and they get the right manager, they'll want to be there. Uh, excuse me. Um, but we need to get the right manager to navigate us through the next few years. Uh, I mean, I've I've heard folks saying, "Oh, oh, they'll be holding out, they'll, they'll be holding off an appointment until they want our money." I mean, and then Kennedy says something pretty much to the contrary, and he's lambasted. It, it doesn't. He just can't win. He's damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. I mean, I think the I was, problem is. Kennedy's I mean, uh, answering these questions and it should be the board answering the questions, not John Kennedy. Yeah, that's, 100%. that's the issue he's, here. It's not, it's not what he's John the Kennedy's one saying. To the media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Liam said it's spot on for me. The, the board should be front and centre with these questions and answering them to their best their best extent and giving us a bit of clarification. But John, before we move on, what's your opinion? I'm pretty much guessing that they're on their side, yeah? <laughs> Well, I, 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 I agree with William. It's like I can see both sides. I can see why his his comments may have been taken out of context. I don't think he meant it to come across the way it it it, it maybe sounded, uh, or the way that you're alluding to, Stephen. Uh, I mean, like you say, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. He was asked a question, he answered it, and 
he's right. We shouldn't be rushing this. We shouldn't be just announcing something for the sake of it. Um, but I get where you're coming from as well, so I can see both sides of that argument. I think, like I say, what Kennedy said, I don't think he meant to come across negatively, and it, it really depends on who's listening to it and what context you take that in. Um, I firmly believe... Uh, I mean, we can agree that what he says is right. It, 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 we shouldn't be rushing an appointment for the sake of a season ticket. It's it's the biggest appointment in uh, our lifetime as fans, really. It's like you say, for the mid-90s, in terms of the actual rebuilding and everything else. So it's not something that we can rush. Um, but I, I, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I don't yeah. think he, he said anything I'm, out of line. Uh, and I think it really depends on how you look at it or what context you, you took it in, but I don't think you meant yeah. anything negative by it. Well, look, again, guys, it's all about different opinions. I mean, this is what this show is about, and I don't want you to agree with me. I quite like the fact that we always disagree in every single podcast, but again, it's always against me. But, <laughs> I mean, as I, as I said before, I don't mind that. It's it's what I love, a bit of debate and a bit of, a bit of passion as well, which sadly clearly lack at the moment. But we'll, we'll move on to... The subject of Lee Griffiths, which is quite interesting. I I seen an article from uh, John's favorite newspaper, The Sun, saying that <laughs> Celtic are considering freeing Lee Griffiths of his contract. Obviously, not taking up the option of extending it for another year. Um, William, do you think this this is the time? We spoke about it before, but do you think Lee Griffiths the writing's on the wall for him now? Um, I don't think it is. To be honest with you, after after listening to Kennedy's, um conference he said that the club sat down with Lee and he's got he's got a, the option on, on his deal to extend it for another year and, and the club's in talks with him now it's such a difficult one because um, as we spoke about on thousands of occasions Ross spoke about it in previous podcasts he's the best finisher in Scotland by a mile, it looks like we're going to lose Eddie this year, there's not much else there up front um, and we're looking a bit short, but this is when it all goes again to what Stephen's talking about and everybody's talking about is what, why, who's dealing with this? The club's so the club's going to extend his, his year, his contract by a year. Then the new manager comes in and says, "Not, nah, I'm not having this." Like like the previous two managers have done. And as much as we look at Griffiths and every time he comes on, and I know he's came on and scored some big goals for us this year, but and he's only getting twenty minutes here or there, but. Against Falkirk, he didn't, didn't look that sharp. Um, and I know Strachan and Co said that half-time and full-time are fully fit Lee Griffiths, who's firing on all cylinders, puts their chances away. Well, I'm sorry, but there's a couple of the chances that I've got a big beer belly and I've not played five sides in a year and a half, but I'm putting that away and my granny's putting that away. <laughs> and there's no, there's no way you're telling me that he's not doing shooting drills and training and stuff like that. It's nothing to do with much fitness. If he's in a position and he's in a position like he was in, he's putting the ball in the back of the net. So, he's, it's not the opinion of one manager. This has been the opinion of a couple of managers that he's not the man. So, we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. So, if you're looking at it in that way, yes, I think we need to let him go. We've done, we've stood by him through all his bad times and worked with him through his good times. But, on the flip side, the new manager could come in and turn him into the monster that he is. His scoring goals are fun again, and we look short up front with Eddie. So it's a really, 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 really tough one. Again, yeah. you need to get a manager and make the decision. Yeah, you do definitely. I mean, yeah. big, big shouts to you, William. 
you're you're a common influence. Just given both sides of the argument tonight, and fair play to But Ross, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go to you. What, what's your opinion on the the Griffith situation, the Aberdeen or Hibs or whatever club it could be? Um, well, I mean, I've obviously spoke at length at this uh, on the previous podcast. I mean, like Willie's alluded to, there he's if you can get if the right manager can come in, we need the right manager, then. And he can get Lee Griffiths firing on all cylinders. He's he's perfect for Celtic. He's a great fit. But the way he is now, if we sell Edward, which is looking ever more likely, eh, and we've got an able replacement for him and for Griffiths, we need. But then I would I would let him go. But by the way, I wouldn't let him go a minute before the replacements are signed, sealed and delivered for the two of them because, frankly, the other two, Ayeti and Klamala, they're they are not going to be able to fill the issues. Uh, so, aye, I mean, it's, it's a tough think, one, like Willie said. Sorry, what? I think as well, sorry, I think Kamala's going to the American League, the New York Rebels of our New York City. It's one of them other the clubs. I've seen that widely reported that he's apparently on his way out of Celtic on loan. So again, you're 100% right, Ross. Go ahead. I would let him go. I would let him go. Because to be perfectly honest with you, if we could get, if we kept, if Edward's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. He is. If we keep Griffiths and we get him right, fine. If he goes and we get two able replacement and replacements in for Edward and Griffiths, then that's great. And I think we can probably then, and they have to be able replacements, by the way. They can't just be guys like Ayeti. Ayeti's fine, he can be in the squad, but we need to go into next season with two. If we're not going to have Griffiths and Edward, we need to have two able replacements and go into next season. And I think we can lose Klamala and no replace him and go into next season with three strikers rather than four because. That's how pointless Klamala is to the squad. You wouldn't even <laughs> notice that he was away. Yeah, basically. I, 100%. I get where you're coming from in, ter- in terms of Kamala. For me, I like Kamala, but again, that's for an- another podcast. But, John, just to, to wrap up the, the Griffith side of things, where do you stand on him departing Celtic? Um, I, I agree with both what Ross and William have said. I think it's difficult because, like you say, we, we all know <clears throat> how good Lee is on his day. Like you say, best finisher, natural finisher in Scotland. And I don't think that's up for debate. Um, we know how good he is. I, I think his head's dropped. Um, I think that this uncertainty around the manager obviously plays a large part in that. And I don't think... I think we need to understand that as fans as well. That It's not just Lee's head that's dropped. It's those other players that have been this season uh, been the same. And I think that this managerial appointment is critical and in order for Lee to get back to his best, I think we need to have something in place where he's given assurances that he's going to be given the same chance as everybody else. Um, somebody that can, a man manager that can come in and lift his head again um, and get him back to his best. Um, but ultimately Lee needs to do what's best for him at this point in his career. He needs to think, well, yeah. he doesn't. there is uncertainty around the managerial position. He doesn't know where he's going to stand next year uh, if a new manager comes in. Uh, and if there is interest for elsewhere, then it's something we obviously have to look at. The same happened with Scott Brown. 
Um, yeah. He had to do what was best for him at that point in time. So I, I, I believe that there's probably people uh, within the club speaking to Lee about his option. Um, and he'll be looking closely uh, and wanting assurances as well. Uh, and he won't get them until our managers came in. So I think we'll probably see the Lee hang maybe drag out for another wee while until at least somebody's appointed. Um, because I'm sure Lee will want to speak to them before he make, ultimately makes a decision, but there's every possibility, at least in the summer, he could be at the door. Uh, but I agree firmly with what Ross said there. We need to make sure that we're getting things in place uh, for that potentially happening, because otherwise we're left with just a yeti at this stage, and that's abs- that's negative to anybody. We need to make sure that their placements are... Are getting lined up and ready just in case uh, they're required. Ultimately, yeah, a hundred percent. But again, from I mean, that's... this needs to be something that's done by a manager coming in because you're at risk of then uh, bring it, signing somebody and bringing players in that this manager's not going to want to work with. Does, and this is why it's so important that this managerial appointment is done sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. I think it all kind of pins, underpins how important the new management team structure is going forward. Me personally, before we move on, I think Lee Griffiths' time at Celtic's done. I get all your arguments. I really do. He's given us some fantastic memories. Scored amazing goal. He's in the Hunter Club, and he when he used to tie the scarves to the goalpost. I mean, that was iconic. He used to wind up the fans, which was fantastic. And he's a, he's another brilliant servant. But just unfortunately. Again, the last couple of years, he hasn't been really available all the time for selection, whether it's fitness or him not putting it in in training. Again, yes, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I firmly believe we could free up a wage and get a, a ready room replacement in for, for Lee Griffiths. And as Ross rightly pointed out, as long as that's in place and that's going to happen, then I don't see why not. I mean, Lee as well, as John said, needs to get game time. He, he needs to think about himself going forward. And I think it'd be best for both parties if he departed Celtic. But yeah, we'll, we'll look ahead to... Guys, I don't know if you you noticed, we have a game this weekend. <laughs> so we're, we're playing Livingston at, at home. Just quickly, what are you looking forward to the game? Go to you, Ross. What do you think it's going to be in terms of the, the way it's going to play? Do you think there's any spectacular changes that we can look forward to, or just the same? Um, I don't think there'll be spectacular tactical changes. I think there might be, well, there should be some personnel changes, resting guys ahead of the cup game um, and I think that obviously I think it's been one win and two draws against Levy this season so you're wanting yeah. probably obviously you want to win the game anyway but you don't want to have the record of the season as equal if you like against Livingston with the greatest respect to them but uh, I, I think there'll be or there should be some personnel changes as regards tactics I don't think there'll be too many changes yeah. Because as what good as speaker as Kennedy is, he's not tactically a genius. Nah, I mean, we can all speak well. I think we do it very well in this podcast, apart from myself. You all do. <laughs> but William, are you, look, are you looking forward to this mouth-watering tie against Livingston? Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to see us um, hit 74 <laughs> shots at goal and score one. <laughs> Again. <laughs> what are you thinking in no, terms of the game? No, you <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on the game, William? As Ross said, you're much in the same camp as Ross. There will be anything that the changes and stuff will be the same kind of yeah. formation. Yeah, same formation. I think there'll maybe be two changes from the cup game last week. Um, 
to be fair, we've been playing some decent stuff under Kennedy. We're just just not clinical enough. So I'm hoping one of these games, preferably next week in the Scottish Cup, um, we turn up more clinical and we, we put five or six in because I think we I think we're due to give a team a doing. To be fair, um, and yeah. that Falkirk game but... should have ended up seven or eight. To be honest with you, we we are playing some good stuff, and I think El and Eddie up front are looking great together. So I'm hoping it's all going to come together and we start we start putting the ball in the back of the net because that's all that's yeah. missing for me under Kennedy. We're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. Hundred percent. I think you're hundred percent right. And I, I love asking John these questions. You just hear his voice does dip. It just goes really low. <laughs> same <laughs> but, again. Same what, again. What's your opinion on, on this game, John? Uh, it's just well, the league's done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like I said, uh, <laughs> we, we we have got a massive cup game next week that we need to be looking at. So I, I agree with what Ross says. I expect there'll be yeah. personnel changes. I don't think we're going to be taking too much stock in this game because I I want to see us win, but by and large, it doesn't mean anything at this stage. And we need to be looking ahead to next week specifically because. Not just who we're playing against, but the fact that we've still got something to play for. So, uh, I, I suspect that there'll, there'll, there'll be a few changes. Don't yeah. ask me what they're going That's to do, though, because I don't have any idea. Okay. You have, you better have your lineup <laughs> written down. I'm telling you, Nigel, <laughs> you always do this. <laughs> but I, f- I think as well, it, it it actually does plays out to the the season that none of us are really actually. I know we're looking forward to them playing, but there's no buzz. You just don't feel the buzz or excitement, and. That's quite unfortunate because this season was built up to be so many things. But again, that we can't dwell on the past, so to speak. But yeah, Ross, what about your lineup prediction? What what are we going for? Um, I just, oh, I think it'll probably just be the four four two. I'll go for bearing goals, and then the same back four just for continuity. Kenny, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt, uh, and then four in midfield. I think he'll maybe rest a few just for obviously as I said with the, the game next week in the cup. Uh, I think he'll give Forrest uh, minutes on the right again. Like might, might go with Soro, Christie in the middle of the park. Chris, Christie's better in the middle of the park. I only really put him in there because I knew it was a dream, Stephen. And probably go with Elinousi on the left and then Strangely enough, I, I would like to see him rest Edward and just go with a Yeti and club all up front. Uh, mm. And then let Eddie go for it next week. Yeah. What, what about yourself, William? What are we going for? I think he's going to go full strength. He rested, he rested the likes of Edward and McGregor in the cup game last week. So I, I think he'll go Bain, uh, the usual back four, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer and Laxalt. Unless Taylor's back, I would give Taylor minutes, but I think he'll go with Lax out. Uh, I think he'll play Brown sitting in front of the back four. I think he'll go Christie on the right of the diamond, McGregor on the left of the diamond, and Turnbull in the number 10. And I think he'll go Eddie and El Yunusi up top. Nice one. John, yourself? Uh, I think, like I say, I'll probably see personnel changes. So I've got maybe Barkas even getting a start, like I say, because the, the game essentially is meaningless at this stage. So probably see. Some significant team Barkas. I think we'll, we'll stick to what is the Does anybody just before what is the situation with Taylor? Do we know he's injured still? I haven't seen him about like, yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't even realize his injury was that serious, but he just didn't see me. That was an innocuous one, was it? He just went uh, down weird. Uh, but I, I think we'll stick with back four. It'll be Laxalt, 
Ayer, Welsh, Kenny. Um, I think we'll play the Diamond. I suspect maybe even Sorrow will start. Uh, Christie, Turnbull, <laughs> Rogic, and Eddie and Elinousi. Yeah. You can tell you're reading that off the top of your head, John. <laughs> <We're joking>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like I said, I, me, I, suspect, I, I imagine we'll probably use a full quota of subs as well. Um, yeah. Just to keep players run outs uh, and keep them kind of sharp for next week. But I, 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 would, I would be surprised if he put out the strongest 11 and kept them in the park for 90. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Um, For me, I went with Barkas, Kenny. Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt, Sorrow at the the, the tip of the, the point of the diamond, um, Rodzic, Carl, Cal McGregor, Turnbull at the head of the diamond as the number 10, and Eddie and Boy. Also a special shout-out to Christy. He's going to be the new ball boy, just to feel the pain that the ball boys feel when they're running after his shots every other every other weekend. But yeah, that, that's my lineup. And just to, to quickly run through the, the score predictions, Ross, what, what are you going for? And, and your goal scores, if you can, as well. 14-6. Uh, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> two hours show. Where runs down his goal scorers? <laughs> no, I, I think it will be three one, three one Celtic. Uh, nice. I'll go with Christie, Ayeti, and Elianusi. Nice one. What about yourself, William? Uh, two 0 uh, Elianusi and Turnbull. Nice, John. Uh, 2-0 as well and Elinousi and Rogic no problem I'm myself going for 3-0 so I'm going for Turnbull to get 2 maybe a nice free kick and Eddie to get the other one so that's in terms of the, the bricks and stuff that's everything finished and the main part of the show is done guys so we can all just relax a wee bit more we're going to move on to the exciting quiz so John again has opted out of this one because his record is absolutely shite so it's between <coughs> William and Ross listen tonight in, in my defence right I've, I've oh here we go I, no, no, oh. I'm, sit- I'm sitting out the quiz because A, there's three is, and B, I've done it more than anybody else. You All should, right. be, a, oh, you should be a defence lawyer, by the way, the Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> no further <laughs> questions, Your Honour. You've also lost more than everybody else, but I can't say that. That's because I've done I've done more than I, but you, you were my first victory. Cheers, Ross. Uh, but I've also I'll been you, I'll involved. Let you <laughs> I've been involved more than everybody else, so I think it's time we, you guys get your numbers up yes. a bit and we'll see we, we see where 100%. we stand then when you're up against 100%. each other <laughs> <laughs> are you ready to crack on to the first question boys let's do it yeah, again again there's five questions you, you just know the score so who is Celtic's majority shareholder Desmond. William I heard you first William are you serious me. that was a tie yeah. I heard a tie say that about half an hour before you no way I, yeah. I swear when, to God, I was at least. No, 10 we're not arguing. We're not arguing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Second question: What is Celtic's highest ever points tally? Ninety-seven. Ninety-one. No. 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 Hundred three. I'll give you a clue. It was under Rogers. Sixteen, seventeen season. Eighty-seven. Hundred one. Hundred one. No. Oh. Uh, no points for anybody. Uh, no points. Fuck's sake, come on, guys. 106, <laughs> 106 oh. points. Ross was close to you. Go? William was going with 83. Do you watch football, William? What's going on with you? Well, when I said 90 or something, you, you were like, no. So I thought, geez, well, I must be way <laughs> off. I better go lower. Right. So, Celtic appointed Martin O'Neill from which club? 
Leicester. What did you say, William? Leicester City. Yeah, I got. I heard William first. Well, sorry. And I said the Are full you name. Serious? You know, yeah, Leicester. It's Leicester. Are you actually being serious? I'm a hundred percent. I heard him start up first, and then you chirped in, but he kind of got there before you. So. I think right. you're getting mixed up. I think you you honestly are hearing somebody's at a wind up here. Somebody's at a wind up. Right, moving on. Right. What English club did Lee Griffiths play for? Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. William gets it. William Did you get that one first day, Ross? Aye. <laughs> so William, you, you you won the quiz this week. Again. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. But guys, again. <laughs> I thought you were going to turn into Neil Lennon at the end of the UV game there. Shocking! Shocking! That's uh, shocking, shocking because I've said every one before you there. Oh, Ross, uh, it's oh. annoying, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Uh, right. Get a union. Terms... <laughs> right, guys. In terms of the show, that's it. At least, oh. I mean, it's, it's been a cracking show. John, thanks for coming back on. William and Ross, big shout out to you two as well. You're going to be on the future, no doubt, as a regular show uh, contributors. Have you enjoyed it this one? I think, I thought it was brilliant. Like brilliant debate this week. This is probably uh, my favourite one great. so I've far. Me, it. uh, it's been good. Yeah, uh, it's but, been great. Yeah, just I mean, it's what it's all about, guys. It's definitely opinions and the quiz again. As you always say, we better fun at the end. And just before we go, um, on Sunday. We're going to put out the Patrick McNally interview a podcast that we've done, which is fantastic. He gives us an insight to what it's like playing for something at youth level, training with the first team, players like Van Dyke, and also playing with Cal McGregor. And the coaches as well, it's quite interesting what he says about John Kennedy. And there's some good stories in there with good laughs. So please look out for that. And until Tuesday, our regular podcast, we've got Amy coming on from a Celtic state of mind. And that's going to be an exciting one to look forward to. So yeah, guys, everything's looking good for us. And, we, we appreciate your support going forward and hope, hope it continues for a long time. And in the meantime, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>